and welcome to another exciting episode of The Freak Show Podcast. Look at you, you're trying so hard to I slow down. I am your host, <laughs> AP, Asian Persuasion, and with me as always... Triple B, Tevin Napier, Barely Burnt Bacon. I am trying really, really hard. I'm messing with the levels. I'm looking at what we're doing. I really want this podcast to work out well, Tevin. Oh, well, I was I was talking about not just blowing through the, you know, the intro like oh, well, your, that too. Like, like your flash. That's that what I was too. talking about. Oh man. Okay, so this week we are talking about Chuck Barris, the man that basically created game shows. Yeah. Maybe not completely, but he did pretty close. Pioneer, man. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, everybody, uh, even if they've never heard of him, have seen either his shows or some type of version of the dating game, the newlywed game. They kind of know what it is. Yeah. And then the gong show, which no one really knows about. Yeah. But it came back. Um, it's funny. They brought it back, and um, Mike Myers, the guy that plays Wayne yeah. in Wayne's World, he has made a character and basically uh, just became him. Like, he's like a Scottish guy, and he goes and he's like the uh, the host of the gong show. But every one of those acts are fake, and they all try to become, uh, like, 60s characters, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's almost just like a giant joke, which is why it probably won't last, because, yeah. I, I don't know, they've done 20 episodes. So, nice. I mean, but yeah, it was on ABC. But so... Chuck Barris, what's interesting about him is, in 1984, he wrote a book called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Which, so, which, which, when I read that, I was like, Logic just came out with an album called Confessions of a Dangerous Mind. Yeah, I saw that. And it was weird. Yeah. Uh, when I Googled it, I was like, oh, look at that. They're, this is not the only <laughs> thing that is out right now with that title. Yeah. Um, they also made a movie. It was George Clooney's first director role. Yeah. And uh, one of, uh, oh gosh, what's his name? I, I love this guy and I can't think of his name now. Uh, it's, uh, was, it, was it the guy with the last name Lazar? No. No, it's, uh, why can I not remember the name of this guy? Uh, I, I remember his name every time that I don't need it. And then the moment I need it, I can't remember. Sam Rockwell. Every time. I know the guy's name because I love Sam Rockwell. He's really good. Never heard of him. Uh, you've definitely seen him before in some stuff. Were you here when we watched Mr. Right with Anna Kendrick? That I movie? don't think so. You probably weren't. He was a really interesting guy. That is Sam Rockwell. He looks like Bruce Banner, but not Bruce Banner. The guy I could him. see that. He has played in a lot of movies. What's interesting about him is that... I don't know the guy who plays Bruce Banner's name. He's willing to change his look for a lot of people as well. So, like, he's known for The Seven Psychopaths, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Matchstick Men, which is him and Nicolas Cage. He's That's in all kinds of stuff. He just shaved his head for a role. He wore prosthetics and stuff for when he played in his Cheney movie last year. You know, like Cheney, like the politician. Nope. No? Okay, never mind. You're useless. I know I am. That's okay, though. Uh, okay. I'm your useless. <laughs> you are my useless. That's what Kim doesn't understand. Sometimes she's just like, but Joe, you try so much harder than him. But it's Tevin, and I need him. <laughs> like, I can't help it, okay? And she goes, I know. Uh, okay, so... I love you too, Kim. <laughs> she, she loves you. She just sometimes goes, 
you know, I listened to this episode and I just don't know what does Tevin bring to the table that I don't. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Good question. He's just awesome. Uh, okay, so uh, what's interesting about Chuck Barris is this, okay? So yeah. supposedly in this book, he states in this book that supposedly he went and he applied for the CIA because he was broke. And when he applied to the CIA, I believe he was in New York at the time, he applied for the CIA and he uh, just went and started training. He had no idea what exactly they did. He was just desperate for a job. He answered the job in the paper. All right. And they just get him to become a spy. And he does a bunch of training and supposedly passes. And then after that, he goes and he starts going around the country with hippies, spying on them, pretending to be one of them, going undercover, and doing the same thing with uh, some civil rights black activists with the Black Panthers. Okay. Are you confused because he's not black? I'm confused because what I read says that that like I see, I see the CIA, the CIA spokesman come out and said that he that he never worked for them. He did. Yes, he did. Okay, so we're going to get into that a little bit. Okay. Okay. So, uh, oh, also, on Wikipedia when the when at the end of the Wikipedia page about the FBI or, or about the CIA, it says that he came forward in 1984 after the book was released and said that it wasn't true. I have not seen any interview or anywhere that he ever said that. So I believe the Wikipedia page is wrong. And we're going to get into a little bit more about the fact that he has never confirmed nor denied whether or not if the book is true or not. Well, like, I, I, did, I didn't I didn't read that on Wikipedia. It was like some, like, news page, news article page. You did? Okay. Um, so I listened to the book. Uh, it was pretty good. There is a sequel to it. I have not read it. Uh, I I looked into it a little bit more. It's pretty much the same thing as the first one, just a little bit different. Okay. Um, a lot of people think because he wrote a second one and it's not as well written as the first one that maybe it's not a memoir yeah. like he states it is and that it is just like an action novel, you know, that he like made out of his life. Yeah. Okay. So we're going to get into some discrepancies and some stuff that's really funny about Chuck Barris okay. with the book. Okay. So. Chuck Barris is one of the wackiest dudes you'll ever meet, supposedly. He was really crazy. He died in 2017 uh, of a heart attack. Okay. Um, so the book starts out with him being in this hotel that he's lived in for over a year in New York where okay. he's just become a shut-in and gone completely mad and started writing this book. All right. Uh, and then it, it just goes back and to the beginning where he joined the CIA and became uh, a spy and then ended up working for uh, like little small bits in television. Now at the same time he did, which this is not mentioned in the book, he married the niece of the person that, w that actually uh, owned CBS at the time. Yeah. Uh, and that's who he worked for. Now the book never mentions this, which is very confusing because... That means that while he was doing his CIA training and everything else, he would have been married. And then he moves to Los Angeles and becomes a part-time spy for the CIA uh -huh. and 
works in uh, television at the same time, just doing random things in it, trying uh, to get some side money. Uh, and then they try to get him to leave the country for the CIA, supposedly. Yeah. And he tells them no and ends up and ends up getting to stay. And then that's when he starts pitching his own game shows. So the Newlywood game and the dating game, he never actually went on TV for it, except for maybe once or twice. So he didn't... He, he was just the show creator. He wasn't the one that hosted it. Yeah. And then he hosted the gong show. It's funny because... Like, the gong show almost got shut down because a 17-year-old and a 15-year-old came on. Do you know what the gong show was? Nope. Okay, so it was a terrible talent show. So imagine, um, you watched American Idol when you were a kid, right? Like, ever? Yeah. Okay. So you know, like, the beginning of American Idol when they start taking everybody in, and that's when, like, a bunch of terrible people come in and start singing, and yes. you laugh at them? Okay. So the gong show was that. People came in who were absolutely crazy and would do crazy talents and stuff that were absolutely weird. And then every once in a while, a good act would come in. Yeah. And then you had like 15 seconds. And if you were terrible, the gong would hit and you'd be gonged out. And then if you did okay, they would wait until the end without gonging you. And then guest celebrities would come on and would basically be a judge. Yeah. And so all kinds of different ones came out, but apparently he agreed to let this 15-year-old and 17-year-old girls come on and claimed that their names were the Popsicle Twins. So what did they do? They lay, they sat down crisscross applesauce, pulled out giant red um, orange popsicles, and just started going to town pretending that they were doing another action oh my on television. Gosh. Now, you watch it, and to be honest, in my brain, because the way that our generation is and the way that things have gone, yeah. it really wasn't that bad. But I could totally see where back in the 60s where it would be like an awful thing. Yeah. And there were some other things that were absolutely awful. But they were just, it, it was just a dorky TV show. Yeah. Now, what's weird about Chuck Paris is every single time he talks about it, he talks about how these hot 15 and 17 year old full figured girls come on TV that's when I'm like sounds a little dirty Chuck yeah. Ferris what were you into right because he was in his 50s oh no uh, no okay. wonder he had three marriages yeah okay that's another thing so what's weird about him is that in the book he falls for this girl named Penny supposedly in the book at the end he marries Penny Penny is not one of the names of his wives. So I don't know if he changed the names of some of these people. Probably. To change the anonymity, right? Yeah. Okay. So this is where it gets weird. He wasn't just a spy for the CIA. Eventually, his friend uh, Bird, I can't remember his first name. I think it's Mike Bird, okay. um, who is a CIA contact, gets him to go to Mexico and help him commit a, a hit. I want to keep saying something. I think I was looking for help him assassinate somebody. Yeah. Either way, they assassinated someone with a team. And then eventually he would become an assassin for the CIA. So yeah. he claims that he killed 34 people. Wow. Okay. So with this, what's interesting about it is what he would do is, so the newlywed game and the, no, it was just the dating game. So the dating game, what he would do is he 
would get them uh, the people who won the prize. So, so do you know about the dating game? Yeah. So, like, you one person is like asking like the three potentials questions. Behind, yeah. Behind screens. Yeah, and there's a yeah, there's a partition, and yeah. then you can't see them. And uh, so he would some voice changers. Yeah. Right. So whoever won would be uh, taken to uh, Hollywood on like a big hot date, right? Yeah. So what he would he started doing was he was uh, approached by the CIA to hit to do hits across like across the world. So what their idea was was to take people on dates in foreign countries, and he would be their chaperone, and that he would commit hits in the nighttime. Nice. So he claims that he would go. Um, he went to Moscow with a group, and he com- he apparently killed somebody in Moscow. They were in France. He killed uh, a communist. He killed this person. He killed that person. And so he would just go around the like the world and would commit murders for the CIA. Nice. Yep. So what's interesting about this though is that. He, that's a not. That's not a bad job. That's not a bad gig. No, no, it's not. Uh, what's interesting, and the reason why I loved him is because it was the perfect cover. Yeah. Because you have a reason to be there. You're a game show host. There's no way, like you know, you have a popular game show. Yeah. Perfect mm-hmm. cover. He would uh, at first he was just killing carrier or couriers. Yeah. So what it was like uh, people that were um, in charge of. Special items that were, you know, that needed to be procured by the government. Mm-hmm. Basically, to me, what it looked like was a middleman. So it was somebody was uh, selling something, and the courier would pick it up and would take it to the person that was buying it. And it was something that the CIA wanted, some type of blackmail or maybe government secret something. Yeah. And he would go in and pretend to be a buyer, and then he would murder the person and take the envelope or whatever it was, and then would take it back to the CIA. That's dangerous. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very dangerous. Because if there was a bodyguard of some kind or, you know, any type of snipers or anything, you know, it could have been anything. So, um... So, Chuck Barris talks about how he would do these things uh, for the CIA government, and he would kill these people, and eventually it started to kind of mess with his mental health. So, he didn't want... uh, He loved to kill people. Absolutely loved it. Uh, And he just... I don't know. It was very interesting, because to me, like, when you start to read the book, I could totally see where it could be true, right? Yeah. Like, when you really start reading it. But then you look at, like, why is his wife never mentioned in the book? His original wife. You know, they like, during this time. He never mentions anything about her during the CIA yeah. training or anything else. Yeah. Him and most of his wives were married for, like, 10-plus years. Yeah, yeah. And it's funny because he's a ladies' man. Like, he'd cheat on his wives all the time, I believe. And he... All he cared about was getting girls. And he... uh he claims that, uh, so the Gong Show and all these other shows got really popular and he got rich. Yeah. And then uh, he created three game shows that got axed. No, four game shows that got axed, like, all in the same day. Wow. Yeah. But the newly, uh, the Newlywood game and the dating game and the Gong Show always went pretty strong. So what he would do is it would be, like, six-week 
rotation or 13 week contracts i think it is yeah so your show would be you know on daytime television for 13 weeks and then if it failed it failed yeah you know and they were like tapings and stuff and if they didn't work out then they didn't work out and then any any show that they couldn't uh like let's say someone cussed in the middle of your show and you couldn't edit it out uh because they didn't allow bleeping or anything yeah you would have to pay the cost like you'd eat the cost out of your own paycheck so could you imagine that would be terrible he said on the dating game he lost like the first two episodes and had to pay for it out of pocket because people kept making perverted jokes on the dating game yeah because it would be like uh you know where's somewhere that uh you know man number one where would you take me for a popular date uh the bedroom uh you know what what's something uh that you're really good at uh having sex you know <laughs> like uh Baby, how about I come over there and show you? Like, they would do stuff like that, and they yeah. were, like, real crass. So he actually hired an actor to come and pretend to be part of, like, the television commission yeah. and the censorship commission and, and would lie and say how if they would do anything like that that's unwholesome on television, then they could face up to a, a $1,000 fine and maybe a year in jail. Dude, that, that's, a, that's a fantastic idea. He is smart. Oh, that's how you yeah. do it. Yeah, right then and there, everyone got real wholesome real quick. Oh, yeah. Uh, I ain't got $1,000. So, at first, you know, you might think, you know, these people might be... Like, it, it, it's weird to think that a celebrity... We've come so far for television. Huh? So we've come so far for television. Oh, we really have. Yeah. I mean, it... Well, it's crazy because uh, supposedly the, the like, current law in place for television and stuff about, like, nudity and censorship and stuff in place right now, people just ignore it. Because they say that we're actually not supposed to... Uh, be able to like show belly buttons or anything else on television and yeah. do you think we follow that heck no uh I don't, not I don't even I don't, a little i don't i haven't watched tv in like years i couldn't tell you last time i actually watched like a tv show that wasn't on netflix you know what i mean yeah that's true and netflix can get away with anything so yeah. they, they, I mean, they have a show about bondage on Netflix. Yeah, yes, they I'm do. Like, what is happening? We talked about it last episode, Devin. You oh. got real excited about bondage. It's ridiculous. Absolutely preposterous. These absolute buffoons. Yeah. I mean, it. that's the thing. It. But, oh, what was I saying? Oh, okay. So, it might seem ridiculous to think that, like, we would use celebrities in the CIA. But let's remember, too, that this is during the 60s and 50s. So this is during the time where MK Ultra was a thing. Yeah. Uh, and the Cold War. So, I mean, we were using any... We tried... Listen, this is how crazy the CIA is, okay? Yeah. During the Cuban issues that we were having, we put together an entire plan to put lice in... Um, the beard of uh, what's the guy's name? The guy that's in charge of, or that was in charge of Cuba that just recently died. Uh, oh gosh, what's know. his name? You don't know? Uh, what's the guy's well, Mussolini's name? Mussolini's long dead, probably. No, no, no. Oh, uh, Castro. Fidel Castro. Yeah, Fidel Castro. So they like put together this giant plan on how they were going to try to put lice in his beard so that he'd have to shave it to shame him. Like, to shame him. That's. That's the type of stuff that the CIA was coming up with. They're 
ridiculous. Mind control with uh, LSD. I mean, you name it. You have all of these government resources, and the best thing you can come come up with is let's put lice in his beard. Well, yeah, pretty that's much. A, that's a terrible. But that's okay, terrible. So we've been using celebrities. Like they, they literally could have gotten away with chemical warfare. I know. And and like, hey guys. Let's put lice in this beard. That that is a winning idea. This guy. Let's promote that guy. Well, so the uh, so the subliminal deception podcast the did an tarts. episode about an island that was used um, off the coast of the United States for uh, supposed like government uh, experiments on uh, diseases and stuff. Yeah, and the stuff that they come up with, it's insane. And it completely makes sense. Like, we almost did an episode the other day about AIDS and how the government created it. But we yes. just felt that it would get super awkward and weird and maybe too hard to even, you know, Listen, keep up with. AIDS AIDS was AIDS was invented to kill blacks and gays. It was created because a woman had sex with a monkey. It was created to kill blacks and gays. And we all know that's true. You think so? Yes. Do you think more black people get it than white people? Uh, Guess we'll have to check the statistics, huh? You want to do an episode on AIDS, Tevin? We can do an episode on AIDS. Yeah, we should do an episode on AIDS. I'm totally down. Okay, so while you look that up real fast, I'm going to tell you this. The uh, So there's tons of actors that have actually been used by governments to act, to be able to uh, spy on people. So Ronald Dahl is uh, the guy that wrote Charlie and the, Ch- Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and, Charlie uh, and the Chocolate Factory. <laughs> Charlie Chaplin and the Chocolate Factory. Okay, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and James and the Giant Peach. Well, before that, he actually he was a pilot in the British Royal Air Force during World War II, and he ended up uh, sustaining like terrible injuries. He fractured his skull and caused temporary blindness to himself in 1940, and then they put him in a desk job. So his job in Washington, D.C. in the British Embassy was to sleep with D.C. ladies and seduce them uh, so that he could figure out uh, secrets about America to make sure that they were on the side of British interests during World War II and would try to uh, convince the women to go and uh, tell their husbands and stuff uh, like what exactly to do. Okay, so by race slash by race by race slash ethnicity, between 2010 and 2016, the annual number of new new whoa, nope. By 2010, the annual number of HIV infections decreased among Black, African Americans, whites, and persons of multiple races, and remained stable for Asians and Hispanics. <laughs> Wait, go ahead, repeat. What was that last part? Uh. Between 2010 and 2016, the annual number of HIV infections decreased among black, African-Americans, whites, and persons of multiple races and remained stable for Asians and Hispanic Latinos. Why did you laugh at Hispanic Latinos? No, I was laughing because they remained stable for Asians. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's because we aren't a bunch of floozies going around and sleeping with everybody. Mostly because no one wants us, but, but that's besides the point. What do you mean? Like, like you guys stayed stable. There was there was no decrease for you. Oh, I thought. Wait, there was a decrease in African Americans, blacks, and whites. Yeah, but not, oh, but not for Asians. Oh, I apologize. I misunderstood what you were saying. 
Okay, so Ian Fleming was a, another British journalist, uh, or British journalist, British spy. Really cool about him. Guess what he created, Tevin? Ooh. He wrote James Bond. Actually, James Bond is based on his stuff that he did for MI6 and the British military. Chuck Barris? No. No, oh, Ian Fleming. Oh, we're okay, talking sorry. about no, no. We're talking about other celebrities that have apparently worked for the military oh, okay. And, okay. and spies. You completely just missed what I was talking about. Charlie and Chuck, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and James and the Giant Peach Rider. Oh my gosh, that was so wrong. And the Peach Rider uh, are one of the ones that was a spy and was sleeping with women. In Washington D.C. Nice to try to get them and basically promoting British ideals awesome. during World War II. Uh, another one was, uh, and I thought this one was really cool. Harry Houdini was uh, a spy, but what's was interesting about him was he. So at at the height of his career, what he would do is he would go and do tours around the world. Okay, and when he would do the tours, he would also spy. Well, but he didn't do it for free. What he would do is he would get them to try to promote or to help him raise to better fame. So, like, Scotland Yard asked him to do one or to spy for them uh, at one point. But he wouldn't do it until they introduced him to the London, uh, like, uh, theater company. And then uh, that's how he got his door in with the London uh, London theater company. Awesome. Really cool. That's how you do it. Yeah, right? Uh, Julia Child, who was uh, a famous cook. Um, she ended up uh, working for the OSS, which was before the CIA came out. Okay. Uh, who else? Um, the Dalai Lama, the 14th incarnation of the Dalai Lama, apparently worked for the CIA and would spy for them, which awesome. is just insane. Yeah. Tons of celebrities. I um, find that very hard to believe because the Dalai Lama, that would be like against some of the things that the Dalai Lama believes in, but okay. Well, I think it was more about promoting peace and love. So, you know, by murdering yeah, the, the evil people. I, well, I don't. Th- I don't think the Dalai Lama would murder anybody. No, no. I'm saying he he would promote peace by telling the CIA to murder someone. <laughs> ah. Uh, there was um. There's like a huge list here. A bunch of uh, different celebrities during World War II would um. I would love to go to Mongolia. Me too. Be fun. Uh, a bunch of people in the uh, in World War II era that were celebrities in Hollywood would try to figure out if certain people were communist sympathizers so they could basically destroy their career and try to get them killed. Awesome. Because, you know, all communists are evil. Yeah, I, I can agree with that statement. No, you can't. That, that's, that is not at all a blanket statement. It is a little. <laughs> it is a little. No, it's not. Just no. a little. No. Okay. So back to Chuck Barris. Uh, what? Nothing. <laughs> okay. I'm just. So back to Chuck Barris. Yeah. He uh, so Chuck Barris was interesting because uh, in his claims he would say you know that he had certain government contacts and he was used by the government and he'd go across the country and people thought that he was a little too goofy for you know the CIA but what if it was all an act you know that was just his thing now. Yeah. He did have a meltdown on TV, and he Ooh. had a huge meltdown 
uh, in his life that caused him to go into hiding. Yeah. Uh, including one, uh, his government contact actually being murdered. Ooh. Uh, and then he ended up like going into the New York uh, hotel for a while. Uh, for about a year and a half, I think it was. Mm. My thing is, and then he ended up killing the uh, mole who was one of his lovers. And then he supposedly married Penny, who obviously, I guess, is a different name under one of his other wives. Yeah. So here's my thing. Uh, he claims this, but to me, a lot of the stuff that he could be talking about, uh, like... The way that he was acting and certain things that he had excuses for, mm-hmm. like disappearing in different places and having meltdowns and freaking out on people and all this stuff, to me, sounds like drug abuse. So I think he might have suffered from drug abuse and he's using, um, every time in the book he uses C- the CIA as an excuse for the reason why he's having some type of mental breakdown. Yeah. I think it's drugs. Uh, if he's not a spy. Because here's the thing, he talks about how... Uh, he does excess everything. So he said that uh, at one point he was working constantly, drinking constantly, uh, having sex constantly, uh, spending money constantly. He said all the money he spent, you would not believe how many abortions he said that he paid for where he would get the people to fly across the country to go to a shady doctor to get an abortion because he didn't want to be a dad, but he wanted to sleep with all these women. Just... Just wrap it. Just wrap it. Yeah. Wrap, yeah. It, wrap it before you tap it. Fair enough. Well, when, when you're a man of, you know, international mystery like James Bond. No, that's true. the other thing, too. It could totally be that he ripped off James Bond or something. I could totally see that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, uh, okay, so the movie, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh... So George Clooney ends up coming up to him and says, "Hey, I would love to write your, or um, I would love to help you write and direct your movie." So I think it's a great story. I think it's interesting. Chuck Barris not one time ever told them that they um, that he was a spy or not. Yeah. Uh, and they have come forward in, in interviews and stuff and said that they don't know if it's true or not. But isn't that what's the most interesting? Is that it could totally be true. Yeah. Now here's my thing. Uh, celebrities coming out and saying that they helped mole, like, get out communist moles, uh, that were trying to, uh, ruin the American dream, or Harry Houdini saying that he, you know, was spying for the U.S. government and all this stuff, that doesn't sound that bad, right? Right. But if, like, I don't know. Justin Timberlake came forward and said that he was spying for the U.S. and Russia. That's a lie. It wouldn't be that bad, right? Because it'd be like, good job, man. You spy on those, you know, those communist Russians. I wouldn't believe that. But then if Justin Timberlake came forward and said, I murdered 34 people for the CIA, it might come off a little bad. Yeah. So my thing is this. I don't think that the CIA would ever come forward and say that that Chuck Barris was a CIA agent specifically because of the murders on foreign soil. Yeah. Now, if he wasn't a, uh, now if he wasn't murdering for foreign soil, possibly. But the fact that he was a murderer, I don't see it. Yeah. I will say though, with all these celebrities that have come forward, you know, in World War II and Cold War era, it does make you wonder how many of our celebrities today are spying for people. Especially a lot of these people in here were. Um, were authors and stuff like yeah. there's a whole list of authors that I found 
that were spies for like multiple times during the time on book tours and stuff as well back in the uh, World War Two era and then right into like the 30s and 40s. So I don't know. I mean, it's funny that we don't really learn about anymore once the 50s and 60s hit, probably because it's too new, possibly yeah. with like the Cold War era stuff. So, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, would you be surprised if you heard that like, uh, who was it that um, the Harlem Glo- Globetrotters, for example, uh, got flack for getting paid by North Korea to come and perform for them? What if they were like spying on the North Koreans? You know, they were mic'd and everything. Kind of like the movie The Interview. There's, I don't think the Harlem Globetrotters, the Harlem Globetrotters would have any way of getting in, like, important places, you know what I mean? Well, not everyone necessarily got into important places, though, did they? Because, I mean, it's just, even, like, the state of the country and, uh, you know, how people were being treated and stuff like that, you know, because, do you know how many times now we've given them, like, food and water and stuff to try to help them, and then they end up keeping them for themselves? So they they starve their people on regular basis and then claim that it is our fault that they're starving. You know, they lie in their media constantly. Yeah. So I don't know, but I thought it was an interesting story. Um, I think it's very interesting that you know Chuck Barris. It um, a lot of people I will say just straight up do not believe him and think that they that he was you know, making this book up to try to make money. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, I think that there is a chance that it could be true. Yeah, there's all, there, I mean, like, uh, I'll go give him, there, there, I'll give it to him. There, there is that possibility that he was telling the truth. I mean. But, uh, but a small time, a small time, day time game show person. In prime time. He got in prime time spots too. Either way, I, a TV show personality, man, murdering 34 people for the CIA all around the world. I mean, that's kind of a little hard to believe. Okay, yeah, that's true. It is very hard to believe, but... But, I, I, mean, we, I mean, we can always give them the benefit of a doubt. Yeah, I mean, you'll never really truly know. Uh, yeah, he, he's never come forward and straight up said that he's a liar. Yeah. Which, but at the same time, though, would you, if you want your movie no. and book to prosper? Nope. No, you wouldn't. And then just like, would George Clooney come forward and say that incompetence, you know, he told him that he was a liar? Yeah. No, probably not. Especially now that he's dead. Yeah. Like, you don't want to tarnish a man's reputation. Right. Even though his reputation's already been tarnished. A lot of people hated him and thought that he's the one. I saw an article that said that he's the reason why Donald Trump uh, was able to become president. <laughs> because... He, like, perpetuated stupidity in our country and idolizing it. Nice. Which is what eventually caused uh, The Apprentice, which is one of the shows that Donald Trump was on. Okay. Because he was a TV personality as well. Oh, my gosh. Do you know, Craig, here's the thing, though. You can't say that Donald Trump is not, um, like, he, he does have some type of thing about him that makes him very charismatic and makes people like drawn to him because like that was one of the things like the apprenticeship was an amazing show yeah and a lot of people did like him and he got in all kinds of stuff he's in home alone too yeah when he's in the hotel he, yeah he's in there he's also in the little rascals 
at one point. That. He's the dad of the uh, annoying rich kid in, uh, that is in the Little Rascals. Huh. I'll have to go back and watch that. Then. Oh yeah, it, it, it's really funny. I love you, don't I love you too, son. Of course, your son would be a douche. <laughs> oh man, nice. I know this episode is a little bit like wonky, but I'll tell you what. I've been learning like so. I've been learning about two different things. I've been learning about him, and I was learning about another guy uh, recently. Uh, that was with like the Russian government and stuff and all this other stuff. I mean, I just, I thought it was an interesting story and then actually looking into it, there isn't enough facts. If you would have just given us a little bit more facts, you know, but it's not like he ever killed a politician or anything. So you can't even prove, I couldn't even find anyone that died, you know, which doesn't mean it's not true, but I mean, who knows, you know? Right. Uh, next week. I was going to tell you, next week we're talking about sea monsters. Ooh, that'll be I fun. have a special guest. You ready? Yeah. Nick Callahan is going to come on the podcast. Yes. Yes. The Love dude is a genius when it comes to animals and stuff, so I thought it would be really cool to get his uh, input on marine biology. Yeah, that'll be uh, fun. Yeah. So we're going to talk about sea monsters next week. I'm super excited. Yes. I hope you guys have a good week. This episode was short. So we'll probably post the mini episode that we did last night too, just to kind of, you know, double down on it. Yeah. So uh, have a good one and we'll see you guys next week. Uh, real quick, you can email us at apbbbb at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook and Instagram at The Freak Show Pod. Uh, Tevin has his own personal Instagram. Castle underscore God. Yep. So please follow him. Uh, like, uh, subscribe, and review on iTunes or any uh, platform that you use. I would love to be able to get on iTunes and just look at you you guys just doing amazing things for us. Uh, please, I hope that you liked this episode. Uh, please let us know if you did in the comment section. And uh, we'll see you next week. See ya.